Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S, the place to hear stories of heart-driven women creatively living free. Our episodes highlight conversations and insights that support the values of self-care, creative and personal freedom, slower living, happiness, health, and wellness to help you live your absolute best life. To be a part of the movement and join the conversation, step inside our free Facebook group, She Heals the World, and say hello. It brings me great joy to bring you our next episode. So today I have the amazing pineapple chef, Elise Dumas, with us, who is calling in from France, and she is here to share her business journey. As you know, she is an amazing food entrepreneur. Her site is beautiful. Her Instagram is beautiful. She creates lots of content for brands. And so she's going to talk to us about how she built her business, as well as give you some tips on how to work with a brand and create content that they are really excited about. So bonjour, Elise. Welcome to Bonjour. <laughs> so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is. The pleasure is mine. The pleasure is mine. So why don't you just kind of give us the very, very, from the beginning, how did you get started in this work? Well, I um, actually started from a, with a very non-straight path. I worked in fashion uh, for luxury brands for 15 years as a visual merchandiser. And so styling was already a big part of my life, but I was working on accessories and ready-to-wear, so nothing to do with food. I was diagnosed eight years ago with food intolerances. And so I stopped eating a lot of things such as wheat, egg whites, and dairy. And those things are actually the kind of the pillars of the French food. So I had to completely reinvent the way I was eating. And fortunately, I've been traveling all my life with my family and for work. So I was able to actually look at other countries' food and, you know, dig for other recipes and other ways of eating. And I wanted to share that knowledge because eight years ago in Paris, you had no organic stores or vegan food. That was really, really hard to find. So I created this blog. And I wanted uh, actually to show my food. So I took some pictures and they were horrendous. So <laughs> I thought I needed to upgrade my skills. So I went to other bloggers workshop to practice my food photography. And so I shifted from being a full-time cook. I wanted to be a chef. I wanted to do catering. But then I moved into styling and shooting. And, and being completely in love with food photography. So last year, I decided to become a freelance in my job. So to stop working for a full-time company. And I built my own and I started doing that, you know, full-time job. So food stylist, food photographer, and a visual merchandiser as a freelance. Beautiful. Now I have to ask, because in the U.S., this is still somewhat of a new field. And I'm wondering if it's the same in France. Did you see other models of people doing this where you live? Or what did you think you were going to be doing when you when you grew up? Actually, I wanted to do so many things. I, I wanted to be a stewardess I want, because I wanted to travel. I wanted to be a fishmonger because I love the colors of the fishes. You know, so it was Already, I had this huge creativity in me. I I didn't know how to express it. I don't know how to draw. I, you know, I was not like uh, someone who was uh, sewing clothes every, you know, every day. So I didn't know how to express it. And by then, it was hard to find uh, jobs that were creative, but 
yet, you know, had that left brain as well. So I lost my way during my 20s. And then I went back to school when I was 30. And I went to study fashion and visual merchandising. And that's how the whole thing started. So yeah, it. I think I had that creativity in me, but I didn't know how to express it. So a lot of people, when they make those transitions and even go back to school and they may study culinary arts or fashion, sometimes they don't always do it with the idea of blogging or creating a a business as an influencer. So what hurdles did you experience when you decided to take that skill set and create an actual business with it? (laughs) I think the hurdles were that I didn't drop my job like the first day. I kept on doing my full-time job and doing my food photography and food styling working for brands. So I was working on weekends and I was working at night and on, you know, every time I had vacation, I was going to work actually. So the hurdle would be that I was actually afraid of losing my job and quitting it because I didn't know where I was going. But to you reach a point where you cannot have both. You cannot launch a business if you're already working somewhere else. You need the time to, and you know, the uh, energy and the time. I would say really the time is the most precious thing to actually go and and see the brands and talk to them and and work for them. So you can't be sitting in an an office, otherwise it doesn't work, you know? Um, So the the, the hurdle would be time and I, think myself not trusting myself enough you know like like I was afraid I think Mm -hmm. and so in France do you have like a community of people that you can lean on for advice with how to style the food and and what to do or where do you kind of turn for inspiration and help (laughs) I really started looking at others you know other people's work that's how I started because I was like I didn't know what my voice was like you know what do I like I went on Pinterest and I started looking at other people's work and I was pinning things and and really looking at food pictures and then I the I think the first reaction you have is that you want to copy what you like like the old painters were copying you know uh, other painters and then through that process you start finding what you like what you dislike what you really want to talk about so the community that I had with all those bloggers and all those ladies on food is actually super helpful I found that this community of bloggers of food bloggers is really really I mean for France but I'm also having this international uh, background so I do because my Instagram and my blog are French and English so I do connect with people in Canada or in the US or in Italy and um, actually everyone is really helping and and willing to you know give you tips and you're not alone you really really are with other people in this it's it's something that really moved me when I started yeah People are really sharing their knowledge, actually. Yeah. And I think that's like what gets so many people to the next level is a lot of times when you think of business, you think everybody's hoarding their secrets and nobody's going to tell you what's working. But some some do that. Yeah, some do that. But very few, actually. And, And if you have your job and I mean, not your job, but if you're good at what you're doing and you have your own clients, there's space for everyone. It's. Uh It's not because you're sharing that people are going to, you know, take what you're doing and do it before you or, uh, you know, take your seat. It's it's actually not like that at all. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think like when everyone works together in that kind of community spirit, everybody rises together, you know? Exactly, exactly. In collaboration. I I love that you had that experience too, because so did I um, also coming into the the entrepreneurial space. So can you tell us what your first client was like when you actually like started working with a brand? Give us the good, the bad, the ugly, like (laughs) I'd love to know. So one one of the clients that really started the whole thing was actually Pierre Armé. Pierre Armé is a, started as a baker, now owns a lot of boutiques where he sells macarons and, and other pastries, uh, wonderful things. And um, I started, actually, the brand was not looking at me. I was too small. But then I went to buy a few macarons and I started styling them and I posted it. And the guy who was in charge of the digital field noticed the picture and talked to me and said, oh, do you want, can we regram your picture? Can we repost it? And it changed, it's, well, it might sound weird, but it really changed my life, actually. The fact that suddenly this brand was looking at my work and they was posting it, it Mm. opened so many doors. So that's one of my tips, actually, for how do you create contents for brand is actually buying maybe a few cakes or if you're into cakes or if you're into something else and actually working on it and styling it and posting something so the brands can notice you. Mm-hmm. So that really, that was a good, good uh, moment of my entrepreneurial uh, experience. The, I would, the bad and the ugly would be, you know, when you have to shoot and it's winter and the client's waiting for the picture and the light is going down. And <laughs> so you have those moments or you're shooting ice cream and the whole thing is melting and you have to, you know, go and back and buy some. And there are mm. some moments that are really hard, but but it's all there's no I mean, no job is perfect. It's it's part of the, the game and it's part of the fun, too. And that's why you surround yourself with people that are helping you. And I can't. I can't remember someone has been mean or not helping or say, I'm going to keep everything I'm doing for me. I don't remember anyone doing that. So, Mm. And do you work ever with independent, like cookbook authors or individual bakers or chefs, or do you kind of mostly work with big companies? Okay, you do work with those. And what is that like? How do they typically find you? So the Instagram, my Instagram account is, is like my portfolio. I do have an influencer uh, side in my business, but it's not my main side. I would say I, I'm more of a content creator than an influencer, if I can say so. So the brand will, it's actually word to mouth and they would come to me if they see my work. If you start working for a brand, you, I mean, it's, it's pretty, the brands will come to see you afterwards, one after the other, you know, it starts, you, people start seeing you and the more they, you start working with, with brands and then the more, uh, they see you and the others are coming as well you know it's like it's a it's a, a good circle so that's how even the independents are writing me and say oh you know I need your help to style a book or to shoot this for my small company I don't have any money what can you what can we do so you have mm-hmm. to balance the, the the free stuff and the the, the things that are paid uh, you it's it's very hard in this world because people are coming and saying especially in France it's it's hard to to value creativity people are saying oh you just take a picture so it's going to be for nothing you know it, it can be free and no there's a lot of work beforehand we do work on the buying on the styling on the on the idea on the whole thing and editing the pictures as well so there's a 
even though you, you, you can't accept every single free project, you need to also sometimes help people or just put your finger into something free because it will take you somewhere you don't know, you know? So that's the balance between being paid and being not paid. Well, it's really interesting that you said that. Two things I want to say about that. Um, the first thing about offering it for free, I, I've never, I, I don't even think that I've heard folks, and we have had people come on the show to talk about this before, but I don't think anyone has said that a way to get into a brand or get connected with a brand is to first offer to shoot something for free. I think that probably is like a really good approach and strategy for folks who are new and who feel like they have a creative knack for styling food to just start to do some free things. And that kind of rolls into what you said earlier with this circle of like people following people who follow people. And once you're in the circle, the word just spreads because when my husband and I went to Montreal, I think this was nine months ago, obviously before we all were on quarantine for COVID. Yes, Um, I was in Montreal and we had breakfast at the Four Seasons in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I happened to take a picture because they brought out the tea in these beautiful tea caddies. And I happen to love tea caddies. I think I almost want to start to collect like English and mm-hmm. French tea caddies, but they brought mm-hmm. this beautiful tea out and they, the way that they had the spread was just so lovely. So I took a picture of it and I posted it on my Instagram and um, I think I tagged them and they wrote me on Instagram and said, thank you so much for tagging us. We yes. love this photo. Can I use it? Can we use it in our newsfeed? And I just was like, oh my goodness, I don't sell to brands. It's not my thing or, or anything yeah. like that. But it, it definitely made me think like, oh, am I good enough for <laughs> to yeah, work? Yeah, but that's, you know, I think that's where you start to 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 send the good energy out there, you know, because yeah. you're not waiting for things to happen. You're in, It's very important to be in the movement, to be doing things, to be showing people your work. So either you send your portfolio to every single agency in the country and they might not even look at it because they're too busy or you or to brands, but one good way is actually to do things to yeah. to be out there and shooting and and even though you're spending time and no one is paying you it will it will come it it will come it's a good energy in the universe you know it comes back it comes back yes and and along with that once they followed me and of course i gave them permission to use the photo but then i noticed that there were other smaller boutique hotels that started following me too so you see there is something yeah. to be said about that Instagram algorithm that sometimes if you get the attention of one person and they start following you, like you will kind of start to get into that circle of influence that you're talking about. So it's really, really interesting. So what other tips do you have for folks who are thinking about working with brands and they just kind of need to know what to do? One way is to get noticed. So getting in front of them, getting something free in their hands. I think that's an awesome way to get started. What other things can they do? I think just to go back to what we were saying, I think uh, you need to 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 reach out to the the brands that you like. But when I mean reach out, is actually to look what they're doing, what they're selling, what they're talking about. So mm. doing a real research on the brands that you want to target. It's not just like sending emails or or you know text or thing or messages to the brands like that. It's really going in depth into what they want to say. So when you shoot for them, you 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 shoot a picture that really is going to be helpful for them. You know, it's not just 
So that's one thing very important. I think you should go to fairs. Uh, we have a lot in Paris of those where you have food fairs or you have the wedding fairs, you know, things where you, you go and you meet so many brands in one place. Yeah. So that's one thing that a friend of mine is doing. Uh, she's living in Marseille in the south of France and she needs to to be out there as well. And she said so many clients came from those uh, salons that she was doing. So that's a very good thing. I don't. I think you have a lot in New York as well, for sure. That and I think once you have a client and you're going to shoot for the client, you need to prepare way in advance for that shooting. First of all, because even though it's your first shooting or if it's your, you know, one thousand uh, shooting, you need to prepare to be sure that you're going to give the proper image, the proper content and that the brand is going to be okay with what you're giving. So there's a lot of mood boards to be done on Pinterest, on all the visuals that you like, collect them, but don't wait for the shooting. You know, be a visual searcher whenever you have time. So you create boards. So when you have a specific shoot with a brand, then you already have the ideas and the and the moods. So you can, you know, gain time and be ready for your client. Or you can be like suddenly offering a picture to the client and you do you have the idea ready and you don't need to look forever you know so there's a lot of work and, and time spent behind your computer uh, preparing all of this that's why it's not just taking a picture it's more than that yes yes no and i totally agree with that um and and clearly i don't have a food blog but from the folks who are in our community who are uh, who are food bloggers and who are doing really great work with this you know they talk about how much pre-work it is and sometimes you will have a brand that you're working with that has a completely different style than you we, yes and you have to try your best to adapt to their style. And sometimes it can take take after take after take and you're still trying and they're still not happy. It takes yes. a while before you nail it. And so there is so much work that goes into this. It is far more than taking a pretty picture. It yes. really is adapting your creative style to meet the needs of that client. I think yeah. there are moments of bliss where you're shooting on your own, things you like. You know, I love to do flower bouquets so you can sh I can shoot my flower bouquets on my own and be happy. But then when I work for a client, it's a different story. If they want a bottle of wine and they don't want it like this or like that and they want super white stuff. And yeah, and then I have to change my style and I have to say yes to what they're at. Not yes to everything, but I need to find a compromise where I can be you know, doing what I do because they came to work with me, but still be going their way and be doing what they want as a final result. So, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of, you know, taking on you know, adapting, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about pricing and, and you totally do not have to share your pricing here because I know that that's very personal. So I wouldn't I wouldn't ever ask anyone to do that. But what I am going to ask as far as the pricing tips are when people are talking to brands, do you recommend that you that you as the professional already have a good outline of what your pricing requirements are or should you let the brand pick what they're going to pay you for that paid piece of work okay so one first thing just i want to say is that the um, uh, i couldn't even if, even if i wanted to 
the prices that would give you would be not useful for the American market because the, the markets are so different, first of all. Second of all, there's no, yes, you can have a price in your head about a picture. And that's where this community of Instagrammers and vloggers is so helpful because, you know, people can tell you more or less what they're charging for. I would say it really depends on the job that you're supposed to do and you ask for. If you are supposed to shoot 20 pictures, you're not going to charge the same thing if you're shooting one. If you need to buy stuff, it will need to be extra. It need to be paid by the company. You're not going to sponsor the shooting with your own money and, you know, losing so much money because you're buying the food. If you are doing video and you're going to rent a place, it's another budget. So there's so many variables in this. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can have a price in your head. Maybe the price would be, so the way that I did it when I started was actually, you know, when I was working full time, I had a price per day. We don't get paid by day, we get paid by month in, in France. But so I could divide, you know, my pay into like month and say, okay, during uh, 30 days a month, this is what I get every day. And then I had this ratio in my head. So when the brand that I was supposed to shoot for was asking me for a pic that was going to take me a day for, let's say, uh, 200 euros, then it was not worth the thing. Mm. But then once you have that price and then you realize that this client might be either nice or is going to take you somewhere or is going to be uh, such a, an important uh, milestone for you in your portfolio that you really need to do it, then you need to balance this 200 euro that's not enough with another one. You see mm. what I mean? It's a, it's a sort of a, you can't have it every time. You need to yeah. find what's important in that or not in the job that the people are offering you. Um, mm -hmm. And the money is the same. You'll be able to charge a lot once you're super well-known and people are coming for your style. And yes, mm -hmm. but it takes time to build that reputation, that business. So you cannot start and say, no, 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 I don't work less than, you know, I don't know, 1,000 a day. Or It doesn't mm -hmm. happen that way. Not in France, actually. I, maybe in the U.S., but not in France. Mm-hmm. And not from the beginning. And, no. and is it possible, though, to work your way up to one to two thousand a day with this kind of profession? It could. Yeah, it really could. I know girls who do have a, a very good income. It's food is, I would say, less comparing beauty and comparing fashion to food. Food is a, it's is not as I would say not fashionable because it's not a good word, but you, I think bloggers for food, for beauty and fashion were better paid than the ones for food in France. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, now things will turn and change with this crisis, with the coronavirus yeah. crisis for sure. Um, yeah. I'm not sure people will be willing to listen to, you know, that's a big debate about what, what's going to happen with the influencers. Um, yeah. Food is there. Food has always been there. Food is so important for our lives. So, you know, um, yeah, things will, will change. And the very important, I know people are, you know, huge bloggers and huge influencers in food. And they're also connected to lifestyle. So lifestyle is very important as well. So you don't have, you're, you're not on a niche. You know, you can go and have some links with hotels, with restaurants, with 
brands that are not only food. You know what I mean? It's important yeah. we have uh, other other uh, sources of business. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, really helpful for people. And I think one important thing that you said there is also to keep your eye on the market. You yes. know, for food bloggers may not have been compensated as much as as fashion bloggers or fashion influencers or travel influencers. You know, everyone's everyone's pricing is different. However, now that everyone's home, there may be a very high value on food blogging and on food styling and on a lot of that work that you could be doing with brands because right now the travel industry is is a little bit on hold. And so everything is market-based. And so I think the, the message here is to pay attention to the market and to see where you fit in and to see where your skill set fits in as well. That's yeah. really well, it's funny because so many beauty or fashion influencers are cooking now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all have to cook now. <laughs> right. So, yeah, but um, you need to find your voice and that will come. It, it takes time or not, but it's something you need to build. So when you're talking about something into your Instagram account or your portfolio or your blog, you really have something that differentiates you from the others. I don't know if that is... Uh, easy to understand um, when you start but this is not something you decide one day it comes with your work by practicing by working by you know going to brands and see what you really want to talk about what is your voice mm -hmm. love that love that well these have been so helpful and I'm just wondering Elise if you have any final thoughts to share with our listeners on creating content for brands? Any final tips that you may not have touched on during the last few minutes of our call? I would say just be positive. Uh, use that very good energy to, to be in the motion, to, to work on your project. Because if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. You know, it's, if you truly believe that you want to become a food stylist or food photographer or food blogger, then just do it. Do it because then you'll create beautiful things and things are meant to be. So your your day will come. And I, I will never regret stopping my full-time job because then I will know that, you know, what it's like and I, and I did it. And so I, I have no regrets now. It's very important, I think. Yeah, yeah. If you could look back and give your 10-year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? I would say to trust myself more, uh, to, to have faith in that everything is possible as long as you, you do believe in yourself and in your plan and that you should stop the whining and just go on, you know, stop complaining and use that energy to work on your project. And I think I... I don't regret my studies. I didn't st study creative uh, stuff. I went, then I went to work as a consultant, but all those things took me where I am now. So I would say just trust, trust yourself, because if you have this very good feeling deep down inside that you're, this is meant for you, do it. Yes, yes, do it, get started. Yes. Like you said, stop whining and make it happen. <laughs> exactly. I love that, Elise. So I know you do so many amazing things. Tell us, how can our audience find and support your work? Um, you can find me. So Instagram is really one of the major tools that I use to show my work as a my portfolio. Then I have my blog in French and English. 
I do not post as many recipes as I would like because I'm so busy, but there are some recipes out there and other things, also pictures, lifestyle pictures, and then my Pinterest as well. Mm, beautiful. And your Pinterest is what exactly? What's the link? The Pineapple there? Chef, the same thing. Everything is under the same name. Perfect. The Pineapple Chef. Elise, this has been so amazing. And I'm so glad that you made some time for me today to come on here and chat. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I Thank can't you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. And as always, for more resources, as you continue to live out your beautiful mission of healing the world and grow your beautiful business, you can head to www.shehealstheworld.com forward slash freebie to see what new resources I have in store for you. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. And I can't wait to see you at the next episode.